our confidence in God. Oops, it's not up there yet. Praise God. I don't want to get ahead of things. Oh, praise the Lord. Don't, don't move on yet. There's only a couple of slides anyway. Let me read to you. You don't have slides on this. Let me read to you um, Micah chapter 7, 18 through 20. And this is what we're going to spend our time on. And, and, and listen, this is so good. And if you're looking for it in your Bible, it's on page 643 on mine. Listen to, listen to what Habakkuk says. 18 and 19 and 20. Who is a God like you? Hmm? Pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Oh, I like that. And he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. And you will give truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn to our fathers from the day of old. Oh, my word. Let's, let's have some confidence in God this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word this morning. And I ask you, Lord, that... Hallelujah. I ask you, Lord, that you would do a work in our hearts this morning. Speak to us. Anoint our ears to hear from you. Thank you for your anointing upon me to preach this word. I thank you, Lord, that I would only speak the words you would have me to say. And Lord, let this word build this, us up so that we can go about doing what you have called us to do in our harvest field here in Wapiton and Breckenridge. We praise you and we thank you and we glorify your name. Lord, we pray for our community. Lord, there are hurting people in our community that we don't even know. Lord, there are people here in this community that are struggling. And Lord, they want to know how they can touch you, Lord. How they can come and, and, and know what it means to be loved, Lord. But Lord, how will they know without a preacher? Lord, use us to tell them that God loves them and sent his only son, Jesus, so that they could be saved. That Jesus died for them on the rugged cross and that they could be born again by all they have to do is believe in you Jesus ask you into their heart ask you to forgive them of all their sins for Lord Jesus you died on the cross for them and Lord when they accept you you say it's finished and, and Lord there are people who need your healing touch in our community they need to be made whole Help us, Lord, to reach out to them in Jesus' name. Help us to have that confidence in you so that we can go out with confidence and share the good news with others. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Amen indeed. Hallelujah. All right, let's get into this. Who is like our God? Who is like our God? Verse 18. 
Who is a God like you? He asks, Micah asks, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgressions of the remnant of his heritage. Think about that before we go on. Who is a God like you that pardoned our sins because Jesus died for us on a cross, because we asked him into our hearts? Who is a God like you? Is there anybody like our God who saved us? Is there anybody like our God who had such compassion on us? He sent his only begotten son here to earth to die for you and me. Is there anybody like him? Oh, my word. Look at all the other world religions. Nobody is like our God. And our God is real. He does not retain his anger forever. Oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) God got angry once. Man, he got so angry, he destroyed this world. Some things twice, but, but at least once that we know of. He got so angry, he is going to send a flood and kill everything and start all over again. And then he looked down and he found one righteous man, one believer, Noah. And he said, and, and Noah, I don't know if he was sitting on his porch, as Carmen would say, eating a lasagna that he made with a torch. Do you remember old Carmen? Pray for Carmen. His cancer's come back in his throat. Pray for him. I love the fact that Carmen never charges you to get into his concerts. He'd rather have you come in and get saved than worry about how much money he's going to make. Do you know I get these things all the time in Facebook telling me, that I can sign up for this with this company so that we can print off tickets for people to come to our church. Tickets, to sell tickets to come here to hear the message. What is that? The gospel is free. Amen. Can't believe I get stuff like that. I know who started all that stuff. I won't mention his name. Just pray that that nonsense stops. God looked down, found Noah, and said, I'm going to have mercy. He, you know, he doesn't stay angry long. <laughs> he might get upset, but he doesn't. Our God don't stay angry long. He said, I'm going to have mercy on the world. Hey, Noah. Bill Cosby said, um, yes, Lord. <laughs> Bill Cosby, tell, did you ever hear Bill Cosby do the whole thing about Noah and the ark? Oh, it's hilarious. I want you to build me an ark. And it's so true. What's an ark? I'm going to give you the plans, and you're going to build it. And then I want you to get two of all the animals. How am I going to do that? Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I'll bring them all to you. Get your sons. Get your daughter-in-law's wife. All the provisions on the ark. Get the animals loaded up, and I'll take care of the rest. And when the rain started falling, the animals and Noah got into, and his family got into the ark, and God... The Bible says, God shut the door. God shut the door. I've been reading some I've been reading some scientific journals lately that prove the flood happened. 
Isn't that interesting? Now scientists are saying, boy, it looks like this flood happened and it was caused by this. They don't give God the glory that he caused it, but it was caused by some natural phenomenon. <laughs> Just making sure you're all hearing me. But God had mercy because his anger doesn't stay forever. And then all of a sudden, Noah's generations started growing and man started covering the earth and they started sinning again and then God had to confuse the languages. But he still had mercy because he grabbed a hold of Abraham. Abraham, I want you to leave and go to a place that you weren't born. And look for a city that's not built by man's hands, but by my hands. And Abraham's still waiting for that city to come on down. And it's because Jesus, for the last 2,000 years, has been building that city, the new Jerusalem. Because Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Aren't you glad he's gone to prepare a place for us? Aren't you glad? You might be having troubles right now, but know that Jesus has you. Know that Jesus is watching out for you. Know that Jesus has prepared a place for you. And one day all of your troubles will be over. But that doesn't mean he's not going to help you now with the troubles you have. He wants to, he has promised. You know how much our God loves us? His anger doesn't stand forever. You know how much God loves us? He says, I will, listen, some of us need to start standing on the word of God and start praying the word of God and saying, Lord, you have said in your word that you will restore what the canker worm has eaten. My word, you might have family members you don't see because the devil has come along and robbed you of your relationship. Start saying, Lord, you have said you will restore. You are a God who restores. And Lord, you do it because you are merciful, because you are loving, because you are gracious to us. Oh, praise God. Think about some things here. He gave us life. Every day you wake up, you should praise God because you have breath, air to breathe. You know, you get rid of this air, we're in trouble. None of us will be breathing. But thank God for it. My word. Start praising him in your pain. What? I said start praising him in your pain pain i suffer terribly with some pain some days you know what i've started doing instead of going out you know how we do i've been going praise you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah thank you lord you know what at least i have pain the alternative would be what six feet under <laughs> uh, i would love the lord just to take the pain all away but I've started going, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? The pain doesn't last so long. Come on. You may not be able to use a limb. Start praising him for it. You know, just put that limb up that doesn't work and go, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I need your arm. <laughs> Just start thanking him. Just go, praise you, Lord. And at least I got it still. I mean, their soldiers have come back from the war, have no arm, no legs, you know. Lorraine started laughing, not because the guy was silly, not because 
of his predicament, she saw one of our congressmen, he has, wears an eye patch. Actually, this eye. Wears an eye patch. And she saw him coming out. She didn't expect him to be wearing this eye patch. Look, you know, going. She was thinking in her mind, "Arr," you know. And that's what's, what's funny to her. She was not laughing at him at the situation because he lost his eye in the war. Not at all. But it just seemed hit her silly. But you know what? Thank, Jesus said, Jesus says, if you know you lose, thank God that you get into heaven at least with one good eye. And besides that, he will restore. I told you about Brother, Brother Tory with his wooden leg. Yes, I knew a man with a wooden leg. And, uh, um, and I'm not going to tell you the old Dick Van Dyke joke about a man named Smith who had a wooden this man is named Smith with a wood. Well, anyway, and they ask, what's the name of his other leg? Anyway, that's why I'm not going to tell you the joke because I messed up the whole thing. But Brother Tory said, he was, we're washing, having foot wash in a church. And he put his feet into the water. And I wasn't sure if I was supposed to wash it or sand it. But Brother Tory's famous answer was, don't worry about it, Pastor, because one day I'm going to be swooping through the air in the rapture. And I'll look down and I'll watch him grow me a brand new leg and foot. I'll tell you what, you've never seen a man with more gnarled up fingers in your life be able to play, play the piano like he did in the spirit. He and I didn't even, we could change songs and didn't have to tell each other because we were listening to the Holy Spirit and he just, he would just go before say a word to the next to the other song and we start worshiping and praising him I'll tell you what it was something else when you get in tune with the Holy Spirit and you let the gifts of the Spirit reign in your church and you let the Spirit of God move he will move mightily you know all we need to do is say Lord what would you have us to do but too many times we want to be in charge He's given us life. Let's, you know, the one who gave us life, let him be in charge of our life. Let's have confidence in him that he knows better than we know. Our, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and his ways are higher than our ways, says the Lord. Lorraine and I watched the opening of um, Saturday's Senate. Yes, they've having, they're having to meet on six days a week. They don't have to meet on Sundays, but they have to meet on Saturdays because that's the law, because they're impeaching the president. And we watched that wonderful chaplain of the Senate get up. He's got one of those voices that's just so deep and rich. And he starts to pray that God would give the assembly their wisdom and they would do what was right. And then he reminded that God's ways are higher <laughs> than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And you should have saw the Chief Justice acting a little more humble standing next to him. Because they even, the Supremes even opened their sessions in prayer. 
And then I never seen this part, but then this, uh, the chief justice got, uh, took over and he said, everybody stand to your feet and let us say the Pledge of Allegiance. And he led the whole assembly in the Pledge of Allegiance. Wow. And the whole thing, he's, he brought in the fact that God's ways are higher. Let's get a hold of what God thinks over this thing. Not what we want, but what he wants for our nation. God sent his son Jesus so we could have eternal life. Not only did he give us air and food and clothes and homes and whatever we need, but he has given us a chance at eternal life through Jesus Christ because he gave us Jesus so we could have eternal life. He did this because he delights in mercy. Look at that last line of verse 18. Because he delights in mercy, he sent Jesus. And we are pardoned. Pardoned means forgiven when we put our faith in the message of the cross in Jesus Christ and what he has, and him crucified, what he did for us, we are forgiven. And pardoned means as though it never happened. Oh, God delights in mercy and what compassion he has for us. Verse 19 says, he will again have compassion on us. Hallelujah. And will subdue our iniquities. Oh, my word. He might have been talking to the Jewish folks there that he's going to have compassion. I'm telling you, we need his compassion and his mercy to us is new every morning. And you know what? We need to have confidence that he will have compassion on us and help us. Too many times we try to do things in our own strength and our own thinking and our own ways. We don't turn to him and say, Lord, help me, Jesus, to get through the goalposts of life. Remember the old country song? Kick me through the goalpost of life. <laughs> My word. He will have compassion on us. He will help us. And my word, has anybody here yet been perfected? Is anybody here yet totally sanctified? Let me tell you something. Your sanctification can only come through the cross of Jesus Christ. It can't be done through a bunch of rules and regs. Let me tell you something. Legalism will never make you holy. But let me, when you take your need, when you take your life, when you want to live a holy life, you take your life to the cross. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live by what? By faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. Come on. He says here, he will again have compassion on us. Don't mind many times, aren't we numbskulls? Come on. <laughs> so many times we do the dumbest things. Or we put our foot in our mouth. We can't help ourselves. 
And we just do the time. And he, he says, I'll have compassion on you. You know what compassion means? He loves you so much that he'll give you a hug no matter what. My word, sometimes my six-year-old needs a hug no matter what, even though he deserves to be spanked. Because of compassion. Instead of being punished, we get loved. Mm. And he says, and will subdue our iniquities. Tim and I were been talking about a little bit about what true repentance looks like. It's not just a bunch of crocodile tears. It means you have actually turned away from the thing and walked away from it. But the thing here, the Bible says, we can't do it in our own strength. We must do it through the cross. Because Jesus died on the cross. He carried that thing on the cross that we're struggling with. He died on the cross. We just need to repent of it. It means we've turned around and walking away from it. But it says, he will subdue our iniquities. Not we will. This is why so many half are still are addicted to alcoholism and drugs. If we allow the Lord to our iniquity, we can be set free. I love our AA folks, but they're not correct. You don't have to stay an alcoholic the rest of your life through Jesus Christ. But I thank God for our AA and sisters who go ahead and help people on a daily basis who say hey we got a 12-step program for you to help you but then again they make sure that there's a step in there that you need to turn but my problem is they call it to a higher power my problem is this can be my higher power no, there's only one power that can set me free from drugs and alcohol. And his name is Jesus Christ. And I have to turn to him and come to the cross of Jesus Christ so that I can be set free because this thing's never going to help. Well, to help you walk, yes. Oh, my word. He's picking on me. Did you hear that? He's picking on me. No. <laughs> That's okay. You pick on him all the time. <clears throat> And listen to the next part of the verse. And we'll cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Let me tell you something. We didn't deserve this, but God had mercy on us. Because of his mercy, God will subdue our iniquities. This means he will literally, listen to this, about him, him, him uh, um, subduing our iniquities. This means that he will literally tread underfoot our, his foot, our iniquities. Consequently, totally rescuing us from their grasp. What mercy he has on us because of Jesus. And so why wouldn't we want to repent? Because he's going to take that thing that's been plaguing us so long and tread it under his foot <laughs> like it's nothing. And then scrape it off like you stepped in what the dog left you. <sighs> Come on. Can you get that picture? That might be gross. But my word, isn't that thing that's been plaguing you gross? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the thing that has you bound 
Out of his compassion he gave us his only begotten son to die for us that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is where John Calvin gets it wrong. Everyone who believes in Jesus can come to everlasting life. How do I know? Because Jesus said so. I'll tell you what, I'll believe Jesus before John. How about you? I'll, be, I'll believe Jesus before Peter any day. Why? Yeah, who's got greater authority? I'm picking on Peter because I love Peter, but I'm picking on him because so many call him the ultimate th authority. Who has more authority? Peter, great guy, friend of Jesus, right? John the Revelator's <clears throat> cousin, great fisherman. Like to put his foot in his mouth a lot. We love to pick on him for that. But Peter, guy who got to preach the first sermon of the Christian church. But who has more authority, Peter or Jesus? Well, Jesus happens to be God's son. And Jesus happens to be God. So I think he has more authority than Peter. So if Jesus says, I'll listen to Jesus before I listen to Peter. But if Peter has a commentary on what Jesus said, I'll listen to Peter. Because Peter got up and said, this is that, what the prophet Joel spoke about. And what should we do to be saved? Repent and be baptized. Come on. Jesus died for you so you could have everlasting life. And all you have to do is whoever calls on the name of the Lord, Paul writes in Romans, shall be saved. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he casts our sin. Now listen, it says right here, you will cast our sins in the depths of the sea. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he casts our sin into the sea of his forgetfulness to be remembered no more. Can you praise him for that? You can have confidence in that. He's not like some old woman who's going to throw it back in your face. Or some idiot guy who will do it either. Don't you know people like that? Oh, Wanda, I forgive you. I forgave you. But you know what? You were a dirty, rotten scoundrel to me for that thing I forgave you of. Wait a second. That's not forgiveness. That's not forgiveness. No, God says, Wanda, I forgave you. <laughs> In fact, I forgave you so well, I don't remember what I forgave you of. You're just forgiven. Because I took that thing, what I forgave you of, and I threw it into my sea of my forgetfulness. Hallelujah. That's, and, and I don't remember it no more. So I just forgive you. You're my forgiven child. I no longer hold that thing because I don't remember that thing because that thing is gone. You can have confidence in that. Why do you, oh, the devil comes around and says, oh, it's your fault. It's your fault. Oh, it's your fault you don't have a relationship with your family. It's your fault if you took care of yourself better, your arm would work. It's your fault. Come on. It's your fault that you're poor. It's your fault for this. It's your fault. And God's saying, no, it's not. The devil loves to give us guilt trips. The devil likes. I am free, the Bible says, from condemnation. 
because of Jesus Christ. If you feel condemned, it's not coming from the Lord. It's coming from the devil. He is trying to keep you down. But God wants you to rise up with wings of eagles and soar. When he forgives, he forgives completely. And you can have confidence. So when the devil comes around trying to make you feel condemned, you just tell the old devil, you jerk. You call him a jerk. He is. Pastor in Maine almost got himself in trouble. Brother Fickett, I'll never forget what he did. He got up in church in Bangor, Maine. Got up in church. Got all those white-haired women all upset with him at first until he went ahead and said the next thing. Because he said, this morning, I was getting ready for church. And the devil started bugging me. And I looked the devil straight in the eye, and I said to the devil, Devil, go to hell. And all the women went, ah. He said, hell in church. <laughs> that way. Because he said, go to hell. And then he looked at him and he says, the devil's the only one that you have the right to tell to go to hell. You don't have the right to say that to any other person. But the devil, you can because that's his place. That's where he belongs. And I said, in Jesus' name, you go now. Leave me alone. I got an appointment to keep for God. <laughs> if you knew Brother Fickett, you, he, he was never afraid to say something. Never. He loved the Lord with all his heart. He's up in heaven. Praising God. You can have confidence that when he forgave you, he remembers it no more. And neither should you should say, start telling, your, telling yourself the truth. Jesus forgave me of that thing. He loves me. He saved me. I am no longer have to worry about that thing no more. I guess we need to teach people how to pray the scriptures again. You could take these three verses here and say, Lord, <laughs> really, who is a God like you, Father? You've been so good to me. You've given me the air to breathe. You gave me Jesus so I could be saved. I mean, that's praying the scripture right there. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that you pardoned my iniquity. Oh, you are so awesome. Thank you, Lord. And thank in your sea of your forgetfulness that you remember it no more that's praying the scripture you know what start doing that and you're going to start feeling better the problem is we don't open this up enough and we don't pray the scriptures enough you know that's what meditation means in the word of God that we meditate on his word both day and night it's not sitting around in a room on a nice little mat going um um, that's not what meditation is. That is meditation to the devil. I'm sorry. I know some of you like your yogi. But yoga is based on a, a false religion. I got into a conversation with one of my teachers at Lee. 
I said, yeah, we need to meditate. He was talking about we need to meditate. I said, we need to meditate. We need real meditation. And I described what I was talking about. And he says, you're absolutely right. That will do us more good than that other stuff ever will. Come on. Because when we, when we start praying and we start thinking on the Lord and we start praying his scripture, he will bring us peace. He will renew our spirit. He will strengthen us and praise God. God, it won't be because we had a, we centered ourselves. No, the Holy Spirit will center us in Him. Come on, can I hear an amen? <laughs> I know I'm getting myself in trouble with some people today. They don't want to hear the truth today, but I got to tell you the truth because one day we're all going to have to stand before Jesus, and I don't want you to walk up into me and say, Pastor, why didn't you tell me? God gives us truth and mercy. Hallelujah. Verse 20. You will give truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham. Wow. Which you have sworn to our fathers from days of old. And when you got saved, you were grafted into the family of Abraham. So the promises of Abraham... Guess what? Our promises to you. You can have confidence in that. God will absolutely perform the promises made to the forefathers. We've all seen one of God's greatest promises he made about knowing that Jesus is coming back in most of our lifetime. Some of us are, have never known a time when this wasn't real but the rebirth of the nation of Israel. That was a promise of God, that Israel. Did you know there's no other group? Have you ever heard of the Hittites coming back from the dust and having their country back? No. Hittites, what are you talking? Yeah, how about the Carthaginians? A great empire during the same time Rome was. They, they ruled over almost all of northern Africa. That's where Hannibal was from. Remember Hannibal and his elephants? <laughs> Crossing the Alps to defeat. Coming thinking, I got tanks, I got elephants. We're going to defeat the Romans. And then they figured out how to scare elephants. <laughs> I don't know if they all had mouses in their pockets. You know. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. But if he brought Israel back, don't you think he's going to keep his word to you? The two words here say, that says, have sworn, are the certitude of this coming action. In other words, the fulfillment of these promises is guaranteed. If God has promised you something through his word, you can bank on it. If God says, I will restore to you, you can bank on it. If God has said, I will heal you, you can bank on it. If God has said, I have saved you and heaven is your home for eternity, you can bank on it. You can have confidence in him who is able to perform all that he says and does. The greatest of these promises 
with Jesus Christ and your salvation. Listen, folks, this is something President Trump likes to say all the time. Promise made, promise kept. Well, God said it a long time ago. Promise made, I'm going to send you my son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Promise made, promise kept. I have said that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Promise made, promise kept. I have said that you can, in the, if you pray to my Father in my name here on earth and you agree to it, whatever you agree to, in my name shall be done. Promise made, promise kept. There's a lot more in here. And every promise he made promise has been kept so I want to close today with this have you given your heart to Je this is why I wanted you to bring your unsafe relatives my word when I give you a challenge on Facebook take it up you got some unsafe people out there that you know my word Hell, you got this thing. Take it, grab them around the neck and bring them. <laughs> Take me up on it. If I tell you, bring your answer. There's a reason why I want to bring them because we're going to present the gospel to them. Think about this word today. Have you accepted? Have you given your heart to Jesus Christ? Listen to those who are listening to me at home or in your car or wherever you're at. Have you given your heart to Jesus today already? If you haven't given your heart to Jesus, there's no better day than today. Oh, let us pray. Lord, there's so many out there today that's hearing my voice. Lord, they're listening on their phone or on their laptop or whatever device they may have. They could be listening on Facebook or they're listening elsewhere. Lord, I pray if they haven't given their heart to you that this would be the day that they would do it. Holy Spirit, draw them to yourself. Draw them to the cross of Jesus where all their burdens can be taken away, where they can find forgiveness. All you have to do is ask Jesus into your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins. And I thank you that you throw them all into your sea of your forgetfulness. Thank you, Jesus, for writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And Lord, I turn to you, and I turn away from my desires and my sin and 
my the things that keep my eyes off of you I turn away from them and I turn to you Jesus Lord save me and thank you Lord that you died on the cross for me and you rose again and Lord one day I'll get to live with you for eternity Thank you, Lord, for my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you really, really meant it, start living for the Lord today. And I got a challenge for you. You need to at least tell two people that you did this today. Find somebody. I don't care if it's your roommate. I'm not talking about your dog and cat. Yes, they're, they're wonderful. They're awesome. But I'm talking about a human being. I want you to tell your best friend, tell your mama, tell your dad, tell that brother you haven't talked to for a while, whatever. Just tell them what you did today that you asked Jesus into your heart. That'll strengthen your faith. Number two, I want you to start reading the book of John. That's right there in the New Testament. It's four books in. Bible's all divided into a bunch of books. I want you to go ahead, go to the New Testament. That's the second major part of the Bible. Open it up. Get yourself a good Bible. Come, You can do it. You can just go to Walmart. They got them on the shelf there. And go to the, find the book of John. Look in the index. Go to the book of John and start reading it. And it'll tell you everything you need to know about Jesus. How much he loves you. How much he cares about you. And what he's done for you. And how he did it because he loves you. And then if you get a moment, just go ahead and shoot this email. My uh, church administrative assistant wants to, she gets all excited when you email, and she will make sure I see it. But she gets so excited because she wants you to send you a movie just about the life of Christ. Nothing about, no, it's just the life of Jesus out of the book of Luke, and you'll love it. We'll send it to you free of charge. You don't have to do anything, but just let us know that you got saved, okay? And so um, do that, and we, we want to tell you we love you, but God loves you more. Amen and amen. Praise the